Today, I'm talking to an indie hacker who really gets to build a business in a field you know a lot about, Paradigm. I'm chatting with Andrew Hodson, who is building software businesses in the automotive and logistics industries. He's the founder behind Hauling Buddies and Wrench Radar, both of which are marketplaces, and that is the hardest kind of software business to build. But Andrew is doing pretty well with those. We'll dive into dealing with incumbents and competitors and getting your customers trust when handling livestock or their cars. We'll dig into Facebook community building and what Andrew's larger vision for his indie founder life might be. This episode is sponsored by Acquire.com. More on that later. Now, let's jump into a conversation between two self-taught software founders. Here is Andrew. Andrew, thanks so much for being on the show. Your journey is quite an interesting one, and you went all the way from auto mechanic to a software as a service entrepreneur. That's pretty awesome. I've been watching that happen on Twitter, where you've been building your businesses, I guess, at this point in public, and I've loved every minute of this. So let's start in the beginning here. What makes an auto mechanic, or I think you call yourself an audio tech, right? Uh, in your Twitter bio, that's what yeah, you yeah. say. What makes a person like that look into learning how to code? How did that start? Right. So, um, well, it's, so my automotive background comes from like my, my family, my father's ASC master, my brother, we're all, everybody seems to work on cars in my family. Um, but so, so that kind of path just came through osmosis really, uh, being around my dad and, and, and that kind of stuff, uh, is kind of like the natural step. The, the coding and the computer side of stuff was more along the lines of, um, in high school, they gave us a computer, right. And, uh, that, that uh pull on the thread uh, mentality i have uh leads me to where i'm at today. I mean, it's a long journey right but basically that, that that would be the the, the two and i just i never fell out of love with with the ability that been computers electronics to your will right um throughout life the auto mechanic was the, the natural progression just because that was my environment but uh yeah so there are two distinct paths um definitely a lot of intersection definitely a lot of uh, cool things I can bring from automotive and way of thinking about the yeah, things and, and vice versa. But, um, yeah, that, that is interesting. I, w I would like to know more about this because it feels both are kind of engineering, but definitely in, in different realms. Like what, what kind of similarities have you found there between these two? Yeah. So wait, especially like the diagnostics type of work, right. um, you know, well, even, even in like what I call bolt train work, which is just like, you know, remove or replace, uh, you, you you have a set of you know, guidelines generally or you know, specs or something that you're going to buy or some some kind of yeah you know, so it's like reading documentation right like as long as you as long as you spend the time understanding what what the, what the documentation says generally you can come to the right answer of figuring it out right and then with diagnostics it comes down to uh you know breaking things down into smaller problems making sure you know what what system is involved in this what's tied into where yeah you know, a lot of those especially when you go into like older apps where you're just trying to find all the webs and stuff uh it, it that kind of uh, what do they call it? It's a chain. I won't miss the word, but the yeah, thought process of just working down the chain um, definitely crosses over, uh, and a little bit even on the the, the service writing side, where uh, how to interact with customers. I tell you where it, it deviates horribly, which is uh, and, and one thing I really have <laughs> it's it, it's hard to deal with is um so like labor ops, right? So like I can go to a book and it tells me it's you know two hours to put pads and rotors on a car, and now I, I dictate what that labor rate is, but I still know I'm billing two hours, right? And that's, that's the way they should do it. If you're, if anybody's not, don't go to them. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and tech that's, that's almost out the window, right? I mean, a, a button could take 20 minutes on one website and it can take three hours on another website. So 
uh just some back and forth there but yeah it uh it a lot of call favors again when you're actually working on cars but then there are some differences that that will fill it they'll bite you yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that like debugging, like this analysis part is very similar, but when it comes to actually implementation, it's not as standardized, right? Because you're effectively making things up right. in the coding. And then the other thing is just, and I mean this in the best sense of the word, an implementation of an existing process. That's what I exactly. Hear. Yeah, no, so, you're exactly right. Yeah. Have you have you tried to carry some of this kind of process oriented thinking into running your own software as a service business? Um so I, I take a lot of the customer service side of it, uh, which is, is, you know, especially in that type of work and then the competition and stuff, it's just, yeah, I don't like saying the customer is always right. Uh, but in the sense of you go out of your way, um, and then as far as like, I've always been a logical person. It's probably what makes me halfway decent with, with computers is, you know, figuring out what, what the business model is and how do you craft, you know, a, a code setup that, that models that, you know, and then probably killing all these terminologies but uh regardless yeah i mean just just the compartmentalization of stuff how how can you you know, put each step in and then you make each step efficient and then yeah how, how does that work as a whole and it, it i think it's that goes across any industry really um but yeah for sure so, so it's just professional it's a professional <laughs> approach to doing stuff yeah I, I think it's more it's just i like i, like, I have a system of where i have you know i kind of throw all my uh, we'll call them issues, priorities, you know, whatever, whatever is currently on my mind, it's probably a horrible way, but, and then you had a wall and then those different have priority statuses, right? So, uh, you know, ROI and all those good, funny words, but, uh, how do those systems interact with each other? Right. So if I, if I knock this one off, how do I do that? And if I do this and that, and so again, I don't know what you want to call it, but super logical, super, you know, uh, uh I like it. If someone else could step in take a look at what I'm doing and understand it and not have to go through like this whole like onboarding process. Right. So that's kind of how I'd like to simplify everything. So with hauling buddies, for example, uh, yeah, Brandy helped me out and, and I've set everything up in a way where like, she can just, I can step away from anything I'm working on and she can just step in. Right. Like I don't have to do this whole download and upload of information. Um, cause that's just inefficient. Right. And then, uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess sort of that kind of stuff definitely back and forth, like I said. That, that sounds like you're really equipping yourself and everybody else around you well to deal with the the operations in a business that that removes you from and being necessitated in the business, right? Absolutely. It's, it's when we talk about <laughs> making things sellable, that's the part that's interesting, right? Removing yourself is is that something? And I I know this is a is a pretty hard jump from you just starting to code to now thinking about selling a business, but you know that's the the zero and the sold like those yeah. two things, but. Is that something that you're actively contemplating as you're building businesses to eventually sell them? Well, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So let's back up. So when I jump into different I ideas and projects, I could, I could probably tell you the initial spark is never about money, right? Whether it's learning a new technology, whether it's a passion project, whether it's whatever, the, 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 the nexus or the spark or whatever you want to call it that starts is generally is not monetary. What kicks in second is, oh man, I got to pay my bills this month. How can I monetize this? Right. That's probably not the best way to go about it. I'm not saying what it is. Um, but I tend to do better, uh, in an environment where I need to do better. I have to do better. Right. So, uh, yeah. So eventually, so, so no, I'll say it's, it's too, <laughs> it depends. Right. So generally it, it, it's just a spark, but yeah, normally my next thought is, you know, 
how would I market this, right? So then, then I have to answer that question myself anyway, right? Is this even something that is marketable or or um, doesn't have a lot of competition? You go through that whole checklist, but then like, uh, or what's unique about it, right? We've had those talks in the past, and um, if I can pass that step and I've I've learned what I want to learn, or I've done whatever, I've checked it off my personal box. Um, yeah, my next step, Cheryl, at this point is. What's what's the plan? Exit, you think you know, yeah, invest, whatever the case may be, um, whatever. But uh in the beginning, no, but lately, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. makes perfect sense. Like you have you have shifting priorities in your life. Like obviously that's gonna impact how you think about your business and why the business and to what end the business exists. Let's 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 backtrack a little bit. I think hauling bodies is a great example because from from what I see, that's your first big thing. Right? That's yeah. that's how this feels to me, and I've I've been loving the journey of this, like looking into it from both behind the scenes and from on Twitter and the public sphere. So you just described that you go through all these steps, looking at a market, looking at a, a potential product, a potential business. Can you just indulge me in what you did for hauling bodies, like how yeah. that came about, and maybe also explain a little bit what it actually is? Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah, yes, yeah, that'd be good. Here's the obvious. I don't know. Um. Yeah, so Hauling Buddies is an online, we'll call it, I don't like to use the word marketplace so much anymore. Um, we'll call it a directory uh, of verified animal transport companies. There's a, a big deal with, I guess, anything nowadays of scams and and just, just bad actors online taking taking advantage of a good situation. In this case, uh, it was social media you know, communities, whether it be Facebook or well, majority Facebook, but any any anyone really. Um, so we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit. When... 2020 ha COVID happened. Uh, I just, I, I was working on cars. I wanted to do something different. Uh, you know, you, when you sit down your initial again, whether it's like, what do I want to work on? What do I want to do? Uh, the natural thing was like a shop, right? Management system. <laughs> just, and then, uh, my mom had some, uh, Facebook groups for horse transports. She owned a medical transport company. And, uh, when she was getting that company started, she would do horse transports on the weekends and help people out to get to different trails and so on and so forth. And she started a group not knowing it was going to be anything. It was just a, a, a thing. And years later, it, it, it kind of blew up. It was just now, yeah, we're looking. She asked me for some help because it got pretty big. And yeah, she's not really a tech person. So, um, so again, I always saw it there. We always, you know, played with it and nurtured it. It's great. I mean, all this insight and, and ability to reach out and talk to people that are, you know, doing this kind of thing. And so again, I'm looking at these, these two different projects, what's going on, you know, automotive, I'm in automotive, but trying to walk into a brick and mortar automotive shop and be like, Hey, let's upend your entire way of <laughs> doing everything you've done for the last 40 years on a whim was it arts. There was one of those, how do I get past the marketing side of this? Right. Um, and when with hauling buddies, I looked at it, here's this untapped resource. So just, you know, and not even, uh, at the monetary level, but like the, the, uh, information level. Right. And, uh, how do you monetize that? Right. And, and that led into basically all but started off as just a mirror of what happened in the groups. I just had more control over it. And I could, I can say who was a lot on it, not a lot on it. Since then, um, again, it's, I, I last little while I've kind of fell off a little bit. Now, I mean, it's still running. We just verified our 300. Uh, these are fully verified companies. They send in their ID, proof of insurance, um, all their contact information has to stay updated. So I know exactly who, uh, who they are, and then and and we also have a review system. So you know, as people come in, you know, we make sure we try we try to weed out the bad actors. 
it's just, it's just still doing its thing. I, I have, I have big plans. I, I kind of went off the AI rail a little bit. Um, I think everybody did, uh, kind of, and, uh, I have some really cool ideas. I've been playing with some, like vector databases and AI completions and, and a bunch of cool embedding stuff. And I think I've come up with, with a way that allows me to use the hauling buddies information I already have and build almost like a vertical system based off of like I already have all your company to train these models off of what your company does, right? And pricing and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, I own hauling.io. So I think that'd be a cool, cool place for that. So there, there's some plans there. I need to, I, I need to, it's one of those things that's working. It's, it, you know, and, and it's cool because it's working without me in the groups as much as late. And, uh, it's one of those like, you, you ever get one of those spots where, it's like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Not so much like because you don't like it or you don't love it, but it's just like, is this the right one, right? Is this is this the one that's going to take me to the finish line, or am I waste? If, if, do I need to put more attention over here? And then Hollow Buddies is just that one project that no matter what, I just can't seem to just to put it down and go away. It, it, there's always that you know email that reaches out to you like, hey man, this is great. I'm happy you're doing this. You know, this, you know, this is what it's needed and so on and so forth. So long winded answer, but, uh, no, yeah, would, yeah, for sure. I, I like, <laughs> I like any length of answer because it, it just shows like how much you think about it, right? Like how much it's present in, in your brain. And I love that you already have more ideas and I know you have a couple more things on the table that you're already doing and we'll get to that. But I, I want to stick with hauling bodies for a bit because I think there's a lot to learn from this, this whole Facebook group thing that you've been doing. I think you're the first founder that I've ever talked to that had such a grasp on understanding Facebook groups and, and the, the kind of dynamics in them, how to leverage them and how to get people to help you with that. Yeah. I think that, that is, that is something that I would really like to drill into a bit, a little bit more. Cause it didn't stop with just one Facebook group, right? Right. No. Yeah. So, right. So all that originally started as just equine, just horses. Um, and we had the horse hauling group and, and, and then one of those splintered off was like East coast. Cause everybody general i knew was on the east coast um and they grew and like i said i think the horse hauling one now is almost like thirty thousand, forty thousand. and it's, it's a big a decent size group so bigger and then um as i'm building this out right now we're now we're going from hey this is a cool thing to like okay this is this this needs to be like what is this right and uh equine to me i work as an animal marketplace or directory you're already niched they hit it fairly down yeah. so like uh, I felt doing like just equine was, uh, was just too, too much, not enough TM at TM, TM. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, yeah, we, it, there was already livestock groups, small animal groups. There's already existed. Um, it seemed like a natural progression. So I went in there, started joining those groups. And again, I think what a lot of people do wrong is yeah, they join all these groups or these different you know, communities and they just start, yo. Know, and I understand as a, as a founder, they feel like they're providing value. Right, and that their product's going to save your company, and and all that. And I stand behind it. I I, I understand it 100 yeah. percent from marketing, right? Especially, you know, I've been that guy. I totally got mm -hmm. it. And um, but the other side of that shoe is you seem pushy, right? You're new to this community. You haven't built any value. It like, and I get the whole saying like work for free. Like I'm not cursing on that, but like there is some some value to be gained out of being that natural support person that person then comes to you not expecting you know string attached um 
And then after after I built those relationships, it's a simple progression. You're like, oh, by the way, I also had this cool thing over here. Well, you got some time on take care of it uh, or take a look at it. And it, it just it it just you can you get a lot more ROI out of the community doing it like that than you do you know paying you know six hundred a thousand two thousand dollars to join a group and start posting an ad on your thing. I just and then they have their place, but uh, again. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, then it, she did other groups getting involved with them. A couple of them I actually took over. Um, the, the, the people just retired or or didn't want to deal with it because it is a, it is a, it is a process. I mean, I'm you know, it's running a community is not is not an easy thing. Um, especially because it seems like when I guess this is true with anything, but like the good things go unnoticed. It's only the bad things that get magnified, right? So like, especially in a community sense, right? So like. But uh, had it taken those over and again once I had I think we have ten of them. Uh, it I unified them right so like they all got the same theme color they all got the same set of rules they all got you know on the website home buddies you can go to the communities link it'll show you all the Facebook groups um tried to build that into like an identity uh but yeah yeah it's I think I think it's it's a great <laughs> just like anything right like there's 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 a negative to it. But I personally believe if you can harness and understand, and it's going to be different with with the the horse hauling thing or the animal hauling thing, you know, it's it's simple enough. It, it, you can it, Craigslist. This could have been done on Craigslist, right? This could have been done on any 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 posting service type deal. And uh, what what I was benefiting on is the fact that Facebook can't police their own communities good enough, right? And this is why, like, everybody's doing verified now, right? Facebook verified, Twitter verified, all that. It's all everybody's verified now. But um, I definitely think if you have a product like that, especially in the sense of, like, community building and stuff, there's so many people out here looking for a, a an environment that's, that's more, I don't want to say police, because that gives it, like, a bad, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about, but more of a holistic yeah. uh, uh, platform, yeah. um, I think you'd do well. Yeah, it's, it sounds like the people are looking for trust, right? For, for like, yeah. a baseline of trust. And I think you give that to them by police. And I think policing, of course, like recent events and, and the, the political, uh, you know, just saturation of the word, but in, in a way, a policy is just like a rule book, right? Like right. Co communities exactly. with rules. And what, what I really enjoy is you, the, the fact that you manually went in there and you kind of, you just gave people the opportunity, the people that were retiring or people who wanted to not do this anymore to keep the community going. That is that yeah. is an important part too, right? Because there is value in the community. Do you still actively manage those communities? Yeah, so uh, not as much as I do. But the cool thing about this is is again within an industry, you have your your top level players, mm -hmm. um, and they have a reputation they want to keep, and 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 everybody is looking for the next uh, shortcut. We'll call mm -hmm. it, and so you, you can you can use that. Uh, want to to get free work? <laughs> That's so right. bad to put. But <laughs> these companies, they they want the same thing you want, right? Like so so they want a nice, clean, safe community, right? With with real people do a real business. They they're fine with com competing with with the same people that's paying the same taxes and the same insurance and the same. Um, what they don't want to compete with is you know the guy doing it on the weekend, right? And I totally get that. So when 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 I stepped in and I was the bad guy. Because I was for a while, saying that we're knocking this off. We're gonna have the, the real people doing this. Too many people are getting scammed. There's too much. I get. I was getting messages 
daily about people. Oh, I lost three hundred dollars. I lost twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. That after the 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 dust settled, uh, that's when you start getting the emails of like, hey, that was a good idea, or I'm glad you cleaned it up. Um. But those same people are also, they're the ones that are now enforcing the rules. I, but so in reality, all it took was someone standing up with a big enough shoulders. They'd be like, no, this is what we're going to do. And you, some of you're not going to like it. And I understand that. I, and, and there's also another side of this, which is I've never, when I, when I decided everybody's going to be verified in the groups, I, I made the verification process free. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't remove people from the groups because they badmouth hauling buddies. I don't, uh, there is a respect level for admins and moderators, but, um, I have always kept the community free and open to anybody that wants to follow the rules, period. Okay. Right. There's like, even, even people that don't want to be on hauling buddies, that's fine. When you, when you get verified through the system, you can check a little box that says, you know, you don't want to be listening and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm totally for that and I, I'm totally with it. Uh. But there's rules in place for all these rules. And then again, a lot of people and, and the people that helped me today are those companies that uh that wanted that, but they didn't have the ability or the 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 uh time, right? Because they're working too, right? They're doing their own, like they don't have the time to sit here and do this, are grateful today that that hauling place has stepped up and taken that role. And you're always gonna have your your people that, yeah, just just aren't with it. You're always gonna have the ones that yeah, I can't. I can't even begin to tell you the stuff that I've got in my message from people, and I, I got it. it, it it's fine. Um, that kind of stuff just rolls off my shoulders. But uh, yeah, now, now, not so much. We we have companies that are in the industry that they they pretty much moderate their own thing. We have a, I guess you'll call it an internal policy guideline that yeah, you know, how we can escalate stuff to me if needed be if if, if it's within a certain like. Basically, if you don't feel 100% confident with your decision, whatever that may be, because I'm going to back you up. Um, I, I'm a full believer in I'll back my employee up, up until I can't, <laughs> you know? And uh, if, 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 if then bring it to me, right? Nothing's too small. If, if, if the gut instinct doesn't match, we'll talk about it. I'm probably going to say we're cool. But so, yeah, I tried to delegate that, the, the uh, social media manager type stuff away. Um, but I, I still go in there, so I got the AI stuff with, with Dolly. I just generated a bunch of Halloween, which is which was awesome uh, type stuff. I did, and then while I was there, I did New Year's and December and all that stuff too. Uh, but yeah, uh, not so much anymore. I, I would like to stick to the more business and technical side of things nowadays um, only because I've spread myself thin prioritizing i guess <laughs> that that sounds like a very typical founder problem right you want to be everywhere but there are certain places where you with your overlap of skills and areas and in your case very technical and very in, in the the industry uh, yourself being in both places at once it's it's better i guess for you to you know build stuff right than yeah. to just hang out yeah. and post fun dolly pictures all the time which is probably also a lot of fun but yeah i i was wondering about this because there's i think like hauling buddies is is an example of a of a complicated business to me it's a two-sided if not even like three-sided marketplace it's a probably a t lot of technical challenges in there and there's the emotional challenge too. We, we we talked about this in the past, just you and me behind behind the scenes. 
scenes, I guess. But I, I would like to bring this out too. Like people who have their prized animal companions transported like over long distances, they are quite attached, right, to oh, the yeah. animal. Okay. How do you deal with this in a in a SaaS business? Because you know, SaaS business to me is like, oh yeah, somebody signs up, they integrate like a widget somewhere or whatever, yeah. and then you yeah. know the problem is, oh, the server is down, whatever. But the, here, like actual live beings are being hauled hopefully buddies are being hauled yeah. by other buddies so how do you deal with the the emotional you know the the levels there that people might express so so right a hundred percent right especially when you start getting that some of the dollar figures of these these animals mm -hmm. is insane um even even you know dogs go you know mm -hmm. thousands of dollars so um cats as well any animal really uh Right. So first, obviously, copy marketing. What what is you know uh, brand identity was a big thing for me in the beginning. Um, association who we're trying to associate with uh, those kind of things was you can't you have to be. I'm always on my toes when when reviews come in or uh, so so brand identity is a, a big thing, right? And, and 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 I'm always that's constantly a juggle between efficiency and and loyalty and uh, you know, growth metrics and so on and so forth. So, um, the other side of that is proper messaging. And then also, so a lot of the, a lot of the work has been done for me in the sense of the marketplace has become so saturated with scams and, and, and things that people are just looking, they don't want to spend, first of all, right. Time's money, right. They don't want to spend uh, you know, all this time going through all these Facebook groups and different postages and messaging people back and forth. Like that, that's just the friction there is, is enormous, right? In itself. So there's, I saw that, you know, and then the other side of that is, is, uh, so that's, that's the problem and solution. The marketing part of that is the verified trust and, 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 and right. So I combat the, uh, how do I trust this person with, you know, company profiles, company reviews, uh, a lot of messaging about how we verify companies, what that means. We do a lot of blog articles with like how to read, like not just like, Hey, trust us, but here's how you read industry standards. Yeah. And here's what a, you know, a, 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 a DOT number is for and why they should have it. And here's what, you know, an MC is for insurance and what it means liability. And then like, uh, you know, and with small animals, you have the USDA class T which is, uh, you know, again, just it, a certificate that says they passed some tests. Just so, and it's not really like mandated by the federal government, but it's one of those things like, hey, industry says this is what you should have. So it's a usually a good sign. And um, so a lot of education uh, with the user, making sure they understand what entails a good company um, and, 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 and answering every question they may have to the fullest extent uh and 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 the other side of that when i don't have the answer i don't have the answer right like i know i'm a no pressure sales kind of guy right like uh i believe good work will sell itself maybe that maybe that comes from cars which is you know growing up with my dad it's always been there is more than enough work out here that everybody can do enough and get their fair share that you don't have to put people off right yeah um especially with that you know automotive kind of gets sometimes that like banker type mentality which is like oh they're always trying to upsell you or they're always just you know patting the books and i can totally get where that comes from but like you don't have to do that like there's the what the what the amount of 
what you get a dollar to fix cars nowadays is insane. And the talent to do it is that it's the lowest that it, yeah, no one knows how, even 20 years ago, most people can do the oil change on their car 30 years ago, 40 years ago, right? That's not today, right? And that's that, which is a good thing for society, right? Because you're like, why would you want a good change oil? But from, from a business perspective, I just see there's, there's no reason why I have to do that, right? You can, you can, there's, there's money to be made. Everybody can get a share. Um, but yeah. well, let's let's stick with this topic. I think yeah. that's uh, that's an interesting follow-up because hauling bodies is not the only thing you've built. You started Wrench Radar, right? which is a, a very very interesting thing as well. Because yet again, you built something marketplace like, which is <laughs> you know the it, it feels to me like you're you're playing SaaS entrepreneur on hard mode all the time because yeah. you're picking these these marketplace things. But I'm, I I find this the most interesting uh, project as of late. Although we we'll get into the the more creative project later, that because it kind of combines your your old self like the the auto tech right with your experience as a SaaS entrepreneur which is great i, I love yeah. this like that things kind of split up and then they come back together i really Always. like that so how did that happen because i i feel that the, the similarity between hauling bodies and this is that there's a lot of certification and a lot of tr guaranteeing trust there right so so how did how did wrench radar come up on as an option to build a business for so so we'll full circle it even more. So when there's moments of hauling bodies where it's like, oh, I just, I just don't know, right? Not that, and again, we're not talking about like crises or yeah, laying at night, wake it up. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when you're, yeah, there's this feeling, and people will know what I'm talking about. And immediately my mind starts going, okay, what's next? If, if this is, if this is not where it is anymore, which is, which is not necessarily a bad thing, what's next, right? Because you just, so what do you know? Well, you you know automotive and you know automotive well. And and you have a support family that knows automotive. Um, so it just seemed like a natural progression. And, and again, if you watch all the talks about how to start a company and read the books and stuff, and that's one thing they tell you is, you know, make a product you use yourself or, or something that's a pass, just that kind of stuff. So, so it, it's going down those mental checks, right? It, it works out. And then so again, start playing, right? Building. What, what would this look like? And of course, you have your first iterations over before you even want to call it a proof of concept, right? Of, of redoing stuff and playing. The, the original, the original thing was an AI type, uh, type response, and doing some digging through APIs and stuff. Well, again, the biggest problem with AI is great. First of all, I'm, I, I love it. It's a fan. I, I understand it's not as, it's, it's not as you know, zero sum fix all. Like it has a long way to go. Uh, but as far as like, like an assistant or even like having been talking like this with it is, is great. Um, it, for someone like me, where my mind does run, uh, it organizes all that so beautifully. Like I can just, I could just talk and or write or type and it 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 doesn't care about how I messed it up or if it's in the <laughs> yeah, right words right. or not. It doesn't care yeah. about any of that. It knows what I'm doing. So I love yeah. it for that. But anyway, going through that. So then that how do I get the data from the OEMs, right? That's 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 you know, and of course you have like the chat PDF thing. So if I download all the OEM, you know, manuals, I can convert that and I can, you know, and go through all that. And uh I actually reached out to CarMD. They have an API. Um we, we talked back and forth about going, doing something. And the problem with their API is it's not really repair data. It's more just like 
maintenance and oil changes, which is cool um, for like a basic level app for, for what I'm talking about. For like, especially because you have your B2C side of this, right? Which is like your DIYers and stuff. And then you also have your B2B, which is like your other techs that need help, right? And especially harping back to that not enough talent in the industry solution. So um, moving forward with that, uh, it, it wasn't going to work. So I've been in talk with Motor, which is like industry, get a guy when it comes to like uh, diagonally every time, that kind of stuff. But they're, they, they don't have any kind of indie hacker, <laughs> you know, beta type, <laughs> give me some free credit so I can do some stuff. Uh, yeah. So, um, so it's, that's kind of where, where it's like, okay, so how, you know, now we're into, you hit the wall, right? And we've talked about this before. So, so how do I get around the wall? And that's when it comes to like the marketing. We're like, we'll just talk to a tech. Yeah. We'll throw a thing on here. It's going to cost this. You're going to get this cut and then we'll go from there. We'll have AI involved. So like you can just talk, talk how you're going to talk and we'll have it nice and formatted back to the customer and stuff. Pulling in some, you know, check engine like codes and stuff like that. Um, but we came to that idea as, uh, again, just what, what's next? What, you know, I'm, I was playing with AI. How can I, yeah, you know, what can I do with that? You know, what, what looks fun? Um, it's, it, that's the project that taught me how to use function calling and how to like, uh, feed it back into itself to like a, for like a chain. Um, and chat and stuff like that. And then also how to do some embedding so you can do, uh, cause you don't want to pull all your old mess in history and right. So like you, you only want to pull in relevant information so you can do the nearest neighbor type stuff. Uh, so I learned all that on that project and, and that I'm at the point of, I need access to OEM data. And of course that's behind a very expensive paywall. Um. But anyway, I digress. That's that's kind of how we got there. Uh, well, well, how are you going to deal with that? I would like to know. <laughs> I so OpenAI history is getting better. Um, it's getting more up to date. Uh, I'm actually emailing uh, a contact I have at Motor back and forth, trying to do the whole. Listen, man, it's just me, <laughs> but I have a really cool idea. You know, just just yeah. And Car MD, by the way, just give them a shout out. Totally cool with it. Uh, send me a bunch of free credits. Like they emailed me three or four times after the fact, like, Hey, what's going on? We never, you know, we haven't heard anybody trying to use AI with this yet. We're really interested. And, and it's just, they're just, their data sets just not what I needed. Um, but kudos for trying to yeah. help out the little guy. Like that was, that, that was, was really, cool. that was really cool. Um, and again, I just no, no hate on motor either. I totally get the business behind it, right? That is money. And, uh, I'll say I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. uh it, yeah, it's okay. not over um i'm working on it <laughs> well yeah that that's yeah. that's just work in progress right that's like right, you have right. a challenge and you're you're having uh you're experimenting with how you can get through it i, I really like the idea and i like the idea of techs helping techs that's just really nice in a world where there's fewer and fewer of qualified people the ones that are qualified certified of course they can help other people right that's good it's just teaching right? it's teaching and instructing and those other people will get better in the process and if ai can help facilitate that awesome so I'll give you a little more background on this, mm -hmm. on why I think this. So there's, there's a couple of different ways you model shops and it, it, it depends on what kind of shop you are, whether you're like a Midas or like a Jiffy Lube or, or something or independent, like a gas station or a dealership. Um, so let's stick with the dealership model in this case. And, and in that sense, uh, you don't have, yeah, you generally you have a bunch of like, yeah, we'll say lower level C level, uh, technicians, um, one or two 
B's, and then you have one you know, A level that oversees the whole team. And it used to be smaller teams, but because it, because it costs a lot of money to hire an A tech anymore, um, we've, we've grown the teams and we've reduced the workload of our master techs. So now our master techs reduced to the simple of, uh, go help with these guys out when they have a problem and, oh, here's a headache car, deal with this. Um, which is it, which is, I mean, make a, a little text is still making stupid amount of money. So I'm, I'm sure they're not complaining whatsoever, but <laughs> they don't want to say stupid about kudos for them. Go yeah. get it. Like I'm all for it. So, but it also means technology will fill that gap. You mentioned it. Fill us back up there. So, uh, and their model, so this is, and there's also another side of this where like, um, a lot of cars require flash programming, reprogramming, uh, even like in a BMW and Mercedes, uh, the dome light, if you want to replace, not the light bulb, but like you have to replace the whole thing, that has to be reprogrammed to the car or it won't work. <laughs> and, I, and it's an anti-theft thing, I get it. But the software to do that, you can only get from Mercedes and it's, you know, $12,000 for the system. Um, so what's popping up a lot now is these, uh, I think Scanner Dan was one of them here locally and it's basically just a, a team of guys in the trunk with scanners all the you know oem factor scannery stuff or scannery scanner stuff and just shop to shop to shop reprogram or reflashing whatever because a good it's it's only going to get worse well not worse i guess better but a good 40 45 percent of car repairs today uh are software updates <laughs> like wow. which is funny because from us Right, like we we software. I'm, I'm always updated, right? Like it makes yeah. we're good. And yeah. and you think of a car, you know, you, you don't think even for me, it's still hard. Like, oh, wait a minute, I just updated software that that it's not making that noise anymore. Like because yeah. it it's 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 a physical to software. It's that that integration level yeah. where it where it's still like it's it's just hard to wrap your mind around sometimes. But it again, it's it's all it's all keep going. Um, that B2B is a is a big gap uh that can be filled for sure. That that sounds like like little car update mercenaries just roaming from you know shop to shop. That's that's I had a I had some trouble with our car recently. It's a BMW with uh oh no, trouble. Like it's it's one of those really stupid, non-even functional problems. Like I was listening to this podcast on the car system and it didn't show like the actual title or not the title, but my name in the episode that was just an undefined artist. And I, I was talking to the people at Transistor where I'm hosting this podcast and they were looking into it and they told me, yeah, I need to update the operating system or the system of my car for that bug to be fixed. And I was like, I wish I could. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. my feeling at that point. And now knowing that not even each dealership or each, each shop can do this, that you have to have specific people with specific tools or software for this of course you need people that help other people to get this stuff done so yeah. that's a very interesting yeah. development do you think do you think in the future this is going to be more available or is it going to be less available or, or is mercedes going to going to give fewer people that option or more so okay so there's this is this is kind of like the argument of right to repair right mm -hmm. so yeah. like it kind of it kind of touches on that so yeah for sure most dealerships will be able to reprogram a flash like that this is for like your independent shops um, you know, five, six, seven, eight bays where, so, so every brand has its own scanner, right? Or, or it's a, you know, and each one is, it will say anywhere from six to $12,000 depending on, and, and that's just to buy it. And then you have a yearly subscription of anywhere yeah, from like 12 to, 12 to $3,000 sure. just to be able to download the updates for four, 
to use their scanner. And and there are apps to market like uh, JMox and uh, Snapwalk can do some, um, but it's very limited because the federal government doesn't require manufacturers to release that only emissions data. So uh, engines and trains emissions related data. So so they have to release that by law. Uh, but your headlight, your radio, none of that has to be released. So. So the company, so, so Snap-on or, or uh, Altel or any of these companies, they either have to reverse engineer it or they have to buy licensing for it. And now that, you know, this is why these scanners are $70,000. And so there's two sides. One, in the automotive world, right? This might be like a controversial state. I feel as an ind- mostly independent, auto- in my whole career, has been at independent automotive shops. I feel every time the dealership for the manufacturing, excuse me, uh, change tooling is almost just to keep the independent shops out of the car right <laughs> we've already done okay. it to consumers we've already yeah. done it consumers you you did no no person this planet is going to spend yeah twelve thousand dollars on a zeus snap on scanner to go scoop their car for an o2 sensor like no one's going to do that right so we've already priced out and technology out the consumer like it's just it's not going to happen um to put an alternator or a battery in your BMW, you have to plug it in the car and tell it you did it. Because if you didn't, it's going to overcharge a new battery and destroy it. So it's just, it's it's not acceptable. So what the struggle now is your independent shops are getting priced out of it. And then, you know, your GM just came out with a new scanner that's not compatible with the old scanner. It's like, what? So you either have to buy both of them or you could trade your another one in. But now you just paid $8,000. Run on tangent here, but... I, I kind of so, like it that the whole right to repair thing that exists in so many places, right? Yeah, it, it, that seems like a tough problem. Do you do you think this is going to be resolved? There's no incentive for it to be solved. And my sin, an, an idea of the dealerships have the technology anyway. They want to keep the work. The consumer is already paying two hundred dollars an hour. Doesn't matter they couldn't the consumer because the independent shops. Are, so Northern Virginia, we'll take where I live, for example. Every bridge you go north, because I live on the 95 corridor, so you're going towards DC, uh, your labor rate jump, jumps by like 50 to $60, right? So like in my area, it's $120 an hour labor rate. Uh, Northern Virginia, like two to 10, like it's ridiculous. And and that's, we're talking about like independent shops, right? So you're paying the same thing whether you go to a dealership or you're going to the independent shop. So the customer don't care anymore. They just want the job done, right? Now you have the, the whole... How long did it take? You know, professional quality. Take that out of that that equation. Um, so now as an independent shop, I'm going to be eating my profit margin to buy the scan tools to be able to do that. And and unless you're doing a good amount of them, it's not worth to invest in the equipment. So that's why these companies are popping up that do just uh, scans. They just run around from one to place, one to place, one to place, because unless you're doing 10, 20 scans a week, you're not making your money back on it. And so I think I think there's gonna be more opportunity for advanced diagnostics and flash reprogramming, which is a lot of guides are getting good enough where it's like, hey, this is your symptoms, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you'll come with your answer. We we've engineered a car so well that you know we can pretty much pinpoint where problems are by sensors nowadays. I mean, there there are your crazy ones, right? But that's that's where I'm getting to, which is like, you know, this car I've seen, or this model of car, you know, 
times a hundred thousand driven over 10 million miles, they have a good data set of failures, right? So what really gets people caught nowadays is, so for example, I have a 2013 Dodge Charger Pursuits old cop car in my driveway right now, do my checks, going through it. Uh, I can almost guarantee you I have a wire cut in my dash only because when they ripped all the lights and sirens and stuff out, you can see where they cut all the wires. But yeah, the, the process of, uh, do I have power and grab here, power and grab here, you just follow the daisy chain down. Um, but now once you, once you've got through all data, check all these points, most texts are like, I don't know. Well, now this is where I'm, because I'm, you know, can do what I can do. I'll be able to go wire by wire, find the harness, find where it is, trace it back, you know, and, I, and I'll, I'll get it. But no one wants to do that. They can't learn that. That's, that's that advanced, um, you got to, it's, it's, it's almost like coding, right? You got to have that drive and that passion to be able to sit underneath the hood of the car for hours at a time, looking at little color wires, <laughs> uh, and problem solving. What makes my dad so good at this? And I've told him a million times is, and he'd probably be really good at computers if you learned it, but he, he does, he, he finds joy in solving the problems that no one else can solve. Right. So like when, when, when the dealerships bring, cause I've seen this, bring him a car to an independent shop because they, they, they're out of options. Um, the grinning on his face when he figures it out is insane. <laughs> and he, he loves learning new technology. He went to a couple of schools in New Hampshire for EVs like Tesla's and for ideas and Hondas and stuff. He, he's always up on the latest stuff. So let me back up a little bit. Yeah. I think there's going to be a bigger market all because, uh, the shops are going to realize they can't afford to stay up with technology the cars are coming out with even more so as it becomes more um it's not affordable as an independent shop you know it's not and back in the day it was just who's going to do the work for less right it's just work now you've got to be halfway intelligent you know <laughs> you, you got it you got it there's so many things wrapped up yeah thermodynamics electricity your know, programming compute yeah. wrapped up into this package that if, if you don't oh, know. If you don't study it, you're going to you're going to be out of it. Well, I, I guess the, there was a saying once where it's not rocket science, but it yeah, it's yeah. turning into rocket science. It right? absolutely is. It absolutely is. Okay, and then well, let's let's do the best possible pivot at this point because we're already <laughs> talking about yeah. rockets, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I really want to talk to you about this uh, in in this conversation still because you've done something that is completely outside of the field of automotive. Or you know animal transportation, and it has to do with rockets, at least a little. Yeah, bit. has, has little to do bit. with with uh, uh, you know astrophysics, I guess, in a certain way. Tell me about your book that you wrote, because that is so weirdly not what you've just talked about for almost an hour here. So, so this is one of those scenarios where it's like it kind of just fell together. Okay, so this would be a good learning point. Uh, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, whatever it was, a friend of mine that owns a printing company uh, wants to update his tech, right? He's just, I mean, this, we're not, that'd be a whole podcast on soon. But <laughs> so one thing I like doing, uh, especially goes back to like learning, understanding, and like optimizing uh, is let's go through something. Let's build something. Let's, let's, how does this process work? Um, but also let's not waste the opportunity kind of deal. So I've had Max and Sparky's uh, Galactic Dre uh, on a back burner for a little while. Um, and I was like, hey, man, I got this book, right? And you use AI to do some 
some help and, and do some images and all this. And then the, the graphics designer there, like, how do I set up this book in a PDF? Like, how do we do our margins and guys? So I got to learn, it was a really cool experience. Um, I got to learn how this process works by building something for me. At the same time, it wasn't a project where I was you know, trying to you know, make money and it like that. So, you know, how can I, you know, turn this into something that's useful? And my son, Noah, uh, is a very smart, uh, young boy. He, he loves astronauts. He loves space. He has been telling me all the planets since he's man, three years old. He's just, he, he's just all about space. He, he already, he, he's going to go play football for college. He can go to college for free. And then while he's there, he wants to be a marine biologist. Um, and then, so he go, so he's going to play football to go to school for free. He's going to make money. So after he's done school, we can go travel the world and, and swim and fish and stuff. But in between there somewhere, he's going to, he's going to be a NASA too. Sure. Um, <laughs> as I said, hey buddy, I don't think there's a lot of water, uh, in space. I said, I know we're looking for it, but, uh, anyway, so, <laughs> so kind of morphed into this thing like, Hey, you know, um, he's old enough for space camp this year. I told him we're going to go to space camp. Um, spoiler alert, whether we sell a hundred books or not, <laughs> he's going to space camp. But, uh, <laughs> Again, there's one of those things, how can, how can I, how can I, how, what, what can I do to learn something so I can learn this business, uh, and you know, two, two birds, one stone kind of deal. And, um, it's just a simple Ruby book. It's, it, it's not, I'm not out here. Like I said, I'm not some great professor or teacher. I'm not here to proclaim anything like that. It's just a cool little story about, uh, traveling through space and a journey and how to use Ruby, uh, throughout that journey and teaching about variables and classes and modules and, you know, all that kind <laughs> of stuff. It, it, it's a cool little book. Oh, it's awesome. fun putting it together. Like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't some grand playing. I'm going to, yeah, this is my, I'm an author now. Like, that, that, that's all in play. Um, again, it, it or uh, something I could use to learn how this guy runs the business so I can build something for him. Um, but it, I, I really like the passion that got behind it. I should know, uh, I actually have some pictures of him and I was going through with it. And, and, and the cool part about that also not to go to waste is so on learn, uh, learn Ruby and orbit.com, which is the website for the book. There's a uh, planet blue class builder, which in chapter eight of the book, it teaches about cl classes and basically you get to write your own class in Ruby and you describe your, your planet and in Ruby code. And then we use AI or Dolly in this case to generate what that planet would look like. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's really fun. I had to, so there's a surprise for no on this book. I wanted to wait until I actually had one in my hand. And so all my other kids though. Uh, I got to sit down with them and play with them. We were going through it. I mean, it was a good uh, four or five hours one day of all of us just sitting down generating different planets. And then, of course, the learning part about it is like, well, what kind of different planets are they? Because once you run through, you're all red and green and blue. It's like, well, you know what the atmosphere is? So we got mm. to walk through what atmosphere is. You know what rings are? And, and, and if you, like I said, if you go to the website, there's a bunch of public ones on there we did as a family. You'll see them. They're pretty cool. Um, cool part about it is allowed from the, the tech side of it is like we're not compiling any code or not running. You have to worry about anybody running anything you know, crazy. Basically, <laughs> we use AI uh, to generate a summary of the Ruby code of what that would look like. And then we take that and we prompt that to Dolly and then it generates the image. So it's a fun little experiment to go along with the book. And then the book was a project to learn someone else's business. That's but again, awesome. the, the, the story behind it all is, uh, you know, and then even I said, if, if the book sells or, or whatever, I think we sold 30 copies of a hundred. So like, <laughs> listen, that's a win in my book. I you know, figured out how to do the ISBN number and the copyright yeah. and all that. That was right. a process. That was For cool. Sure. Um, 
learning the difference between like print and ebook and then like mm -hmm. yeah having to send it in and all that so it was all a learning experience but again i don't like i wasn't trying to make a business out of it so the, the money goes to no to go space camp anything above and beyond that we'll do to some other little project or some other good space camp or something but um yeah that that's <laughs> that's one of those still good things that's like for sure this is this is pretty cool you know um that, i really love it i i think i i <laughs> I, I did not expect it, but once I saw it, it was like, yeah, that's so you. Like the, the fact that you would just, so even to, to try and figure out somebody else's business, you would do a project like that is both, it's both for them and for your son. Like there, yeah. it's so much, so much for other people. I love this about you. Like you're, you're sharing that the, the building in public you do and, and the projects that you're building, they're connecting people, they're sharing knowledge. All of this is really evident in everything you do. And I just like, just from, from the bottom of my heart as somebody who likes doing this, and likes watching this thanks so much for for yeah, this thank you. for sharing it for doing it Appreciate and for teaching people along the way and i bet you'll sell a couple more than just 30 books <laughs> out of this <laughs> because it, the 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 idea is adorable like the execution is great and the thoughts that you put into this the reason why it exists man i'm, I'm gonna buy one I'll tell you thank that you. and but uh <laughs> the next part of this is so i want to hey full circle here uh, so I started playing with the idea of how to use, how to embed a repo so you can ask questions with AI, right? And it works out great. It's awesome. But that led me to another idea, which is if I put the book as a repo, mm -hmm. right? And then one, allow other open sources so other people can update the book and then build this really cool open source kids book, right? Fuck, yeah. But then we can train AI on that repo. And then kids can have a little chat buddy. They, they can actually qu ask questions about Ruby, right? <laughs> awesome. So again, the mind never stops going. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. I, thank you for that. that this, this cool. It's it's always fun. I enjoy I enjoy this, yeah. right? Like I, oh, if, sure. if, if, if there's a way to monetize this, that's cool, but not at a cost of either you or I, right? In the sense of like, I just like hanging out and talking and being nerdy and, and, and doing geek stuff and whatever it is. And then, and. If, if you can benefit out of that, by all means, I'm here for it. I love to hear this. And it's so cool to see you just jumping around from idea to idea and implementing <laughs> that the, the threat of AI is like all through your projects and you, and every single one, you make use of it in a different, interesting way. Super cool. So and I'm already excited to see what's happening in the future. And I bet other people are too. If people want to follow you and want to see what you have to offer, what you work on, where should they go? Yeah, so on Twitter is probably the easiest. That's what you said. I, I do build in public. It's my buddy Andrew at my buddy Andrew. Um, I again, full disclaimer: I don't use Twitter in the normal sense of everybody else. Like you said, I just I'm all over the place. I'm personal. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you know it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Um, but yeah, Twitter be the easiest place. Uh, Learn Ruby and Orbit .com is for the book and for Noah and stuff like that. Uh, and then of course, Holland Buddies is, is always not going anywhere. I don't think that's ever going to go anywhere. <laughs> I need to, I need to do that. Uh, again, Twitter's the easiest place. It, it's that that's a fun place. Well, I really enjoy what you're doing there, and I bet other people do as well. So thank you so much for sharing the journey and all your dreams and all your <laughs> cool <laughs> projects with me today. It was really awesome. really insightful. Thank you thank so you. much. I appreciate. It. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Of course. And that's it for today. I will now briefly thank my sponsor, Acquire.com. Imagine this: you're a founder who's built a solid SaaS product. You acquired customers, and everything is generating really consistent monthly recurring revenue. You're living the SaaS dream, right? Problem is, you're not growing. For whatever reason, maybe it's lack of skill, lack of focus, or just plain lack of interest, and you feel stuck. 
in your business, with your business. What should you do? Well, the story that the community would really like to hear at this point is you buckled down, reignited the fire, you started working on the business, not just in the business, and all those things like audience building and marketing and sales and outreach is something that you do. And six months down the road, you've made all the money. You've tripled your revenue. You have this hyper-successful business. But reality is unfortunately not as simple as this. And the situation that you might be in is different for every founder facing this crossroad. Too many times, the story here ends up being one of inaction and stagnation until the business itself becomes less and less valuable over time, right? Or at worst, completely worthless. So if you find yourself here already, or you think that your story is likely headed down a similar road, I would consider a third option at this point. And that is selling your business on acquire.com. You capitalizing on the value of your time today is a pretty smart move, right? Your days are valuable. And you can sell the products that you built. Acquire.com is free to list. They've helped hundreds of founders already. So just to check it out, go to try.acquire.com slash Arvid and see for yourself if this is the right option for you at this point for your business. Thank you so much for listening to The Bootstrap Founder today. You can find me on Twitter at Arvid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L, I think. <laughs> and you find my books there, my Twitter course there too. If you want to support me and this show, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, get the podcast in your podcast player of choice, and leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It makes a massive difference if you show up there, because then this will show up in other people's feeds, and that's where I would love it to be. Any of this will help the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and bye-bye.